at different points in our life, we have these signpost-type moments that are trying to tell us something. And for most of us, these signposts are not clear at the time. And perspective is really 2020. Uh, when I was in second or third grade, it gets a little foggy about the exact year, but it was the late 80s, and I was jealous of girls that had these fantastic teased-out bangs, and um, especially those that had these super large buttons that they put on their jean jacket or backpack. I mean, they were dinner plate size, and they featured um, artists like New Kids on the Block or the fantastic Paula Abdul. Her hit song at the moment Um, was Opposites Attract. And there was an event going on at our school that the girls in my class, we had made up this dance number uh, to that song. So during the day, they let us perform it for all the students um, just to practice and run through. And however, uh, by the time I got home that day, the principal had called my parents and they let them know that they were taking the dance out of the evening's festivities. Something about Paula Abdul's animated wolf boyfriend stealing the covers in bed and liking the smell of cigarette smoke was not appropriate for Holy Name Elementary's performance. (laughs) My dreams of a backup dancer with tease bangs were shattered that day. I didn't understand that signpost at that time, but now to a mom of an eight-year-old who's about to have her third-grade talent show, completely understand that principal's phone call. As a reader, we have perspective. And when we read through the stories of the Bible, we are now able to understand the bigger picture. But just like the people of the Bible, they didn't have the luxury of knowing what's happening down the road. In the Old Testament, to me, it's just a story after story of people just being human choosing to lead their lives how they wanted at the time, rather than listening to God's signposts that he offered them along the way. I mean, if we start right from the beginning in the Bible, uh, we have the story of Adam and Eve, who couldn't resist the opportunity of having that all-knowing piece of fruit. A flood wiped out the world's entire population at one time because people's incredibly poor decisions. Followed up by Abraham lying about who he really is, Joseph's brother selling him into slavery, Moses leading his people out of Egypt only for them to complain and create their own idols, and many, many more stories of people choosing to do life on their own terms. It doesn't always go so well. Unfortunately, like most people, warning isn't enough, and for us it is this disastrous cycle that replays over and over again in the Old Testament, and if we're honest with ourselves, it might happen in our lives too. So today I wanted to focus in on a portion of the Old Testament in 1 Samuel. For a time, God's people sought judges instead of a king to rule over their land and bring order. Samuel himself was one of the last judges, and he was wise, he had a great relationship with God, and he understood that choosing to not go along with God's plan can bring its share of heartaches. Israel, they lived in a time of fear and conflict because of the constant attack of the Philistine army. Scared about what would happen in the upcoming battle, the Israelite begs, Israelites beg Samuel to pray for them. And during that time, God's own people, they had strayed away 
turning to their own idols. And Samuel was honest with them. He said, you know what? You need to get rid of all of that garbage and just devote yourself to God. Come back to him. So they listened to him. And in 1 Samuel 7, it says this. As Samuel was performing the sacrifice, the voice of the eternal rolled like thunder, and it confused the advancing Philistine army so that, the, so that Israel easily struck them down. By turning to God in that moment, even though they had messed up, and this wasn't the first or the last time, the Israelites' cycle was restarted yet again. So in verse 12, it goes on to say, That's why Samuel set up a stone between Mizpah and Shen, and he called that stone Ebenezer, which means rock of help. For he said, The Eternal One has helped us so far. To be perfectly honest, the only thing I could concentrate when I first heard this was, um, how did Ebenezer Scrooge get into the Bible, okay? I just went to Dickens' Christmas Carol, but ultimately, Ebenezer, it is a Hebrew word, and it simply means rock or stone of help. This monumental stone that Samuel set up signifies the great help that God granted to his people. It's kind of like a signpost, right? I feel pretty confident in saying they didn't have a lot of street signs back then as they were traveling or the help of ways to tell you what direction to turn. They relied on the stars at night and most likely points of interest like monuments and landscapes during the day for their travels. It's kind of like going to that one relative's house and maybe you went there this weekend for Thanksgiving. You know how to get there based off that one really weird mailbox or the odd fork in the road or the house that is just painted neon green. There's something familiar about it, that we seem to know exactly where we are. For the Israelites, these monuments of stone set out in certain places. They had deep meaning. Many stories were passed along through spoken word, and so every time people passed this Ebenezer, they were reminded of the time God rolled in like thunder and allowed the Israelites to conquer yet again. God was their rock of help during that time. I've read this passage over and over for the past couple of months, but just last week did I actually see this part of the verse. And my encouragement to you is if you read verses over and over throughout your life, there's always going to be some nugget that is going to change just depending on where your life is right now. So the verse that I saw was, the eternal one has helped us so far. So far? Like I said, the Bible is a series of people just messing it up over and over again. And I'm sure God, he knew about this. He had planned it all along. But how is anyone going to stop this cycle and be good enough to enter into heaven? So far can only take you to a certain point. And that is why there is this foreshadowing of Christ uh, throughout the Old Testament, that a Savior, he's going to come, who will truly be a stone of help, that will go beyond so far and lead all of us into eternity. Greg briefly talked about Jesus being a carpenter last week, and I got a little bit worried because I thought he was going to steal my thunder because I've been really excited about this next concept. And for most of us, whether you grew up Christian or not, you know that Jesus' profession was what? 
Okay, maybe you don't. He was a, everyone says he was a carpenter. Um, and every time I saw a movie, uh, Jesus, he was always like playing in a table or building a bench of some kind. But I recently listened to this podcast that changed my mind. In ancient Greek, the biblical translation of the word carpenter is the word tecton, which means artisan or craftsman. And for us, it's really easy to Americanize things based on what we know. So when I hear craftsmen, I definitely think of making cabinets. However, the landscape that Jesus lived in, wood was very sparse. The thing is, there was no buildable wood out of Israel where Jesus lived. There was only a few types of trees that they had there. Olive, fig, and balsam. I'm no carpenter, but I'm quite confident you are not making a kitchen table out of an olive branch. The cedars of Lebanon, they were these giant trees. They were very sturdy, but they were hundreds of miles away. You had to have a lot of money to get one. And I'm pretty sure they did not have Home Depot delivery service back then. Uh, A Hebraic scholar... James W. Fleming studied the majority of the homes in Israel, and they were constructed with stone. So based on that, experts think that Jesus was most likely a stonemason. Jesus would have made the majority of his projects by carving or chiseling stackable stones. These are the types of things I love finding out because I feel like I'm some kind of biblical CSI. And um, when I start knowing these facts, these concepts and passages that Jesus uh, talks about in the New Testament, they connect to me in a whole different way. Just like these verses here that Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. You who are without sin, cast the first stone. Papa was a rolling stone from the book of temptations. (laughs) That's the only one that just kept going to my head this week. All right. Not the last one. These pieces, these little informations uh, can help us shape our view of the Bible into one seamless story. You can see the thread of Jesus. He's just weaving himself in and out of the Bible. And so that Uh, With that nugget of information, that changes how we view that verse in Samuel, which said this, he set up a stone between Mizpah and Shen, and he called that stone Ebenezer, which means rock of help. Whether Jesus was a stonemason or a carpenter, either one, it doesn't change who Jesus truly is. It just opens our doors of our mind and know that he is our rock of help. We'll just have to find out if the gates of heaven are made out of rock or stone when we get there. This summer, we uh, took a family road trip to Nashville, but on the way, we stopped at the Louisville Slugger Museum. And in the back of the museum, there was this giant stone baseball glove. Uh, The sculpture was entitled Play Ball. And it took two stone artisans almost two years to sculpt a piece of 450 million-year-old Kentucky limestone. It is large enough that you can crawl through, and when it was delivered, they needed to take off all the front doors of the museum in order to get this 17-ton piece into the building. A stonemason, he or she, takes rough pieces of rock and he shapes them to create a work of art. 
They take great pride in producing beautiful yet functional work that is unique to each client. And I'd like to imagine that's how God views us too. A roughed up piece of stone, and over time he's shaping us into a work of art. And at the end of our life, he has shaped us into something beautiful and unique. Our lives, they're going to be far from perfect. And it will always be a battle of us trying not to do life on our own. Sometimes we are just so busy looking at what is coming next that we forget about where our lives have taken us. This week, I encourage you to spend some time thinking, like a significant amount of time, the whole drive to work, just thinking about those places in your life, reflecting on those past signposts, those that have brought you great joy or true hardship. For just a moment, can you place a mental Ebenezer there to see how God has helped you during that time? He's provided maybe a way out. And with that perspective, we can see how God was molding our lives. Some signposts are big ones. Others can seem a little bit more mundane. One for me started last May. I got strep throat. Super fun. Um, I recovered, and then I got it again in June. I breezed through July just fine. But it came back again in August. And one more time in September. Nobody wanted those tonsils out more than me, but an adult tonsillectomy did not line up with my life goals, okay? I am not recommending this for an elective surgery if you have the opportunity, because the perks of ice cream and days in bed are highly overrated. My favorite things in life are just getting things done by myself and talking and eating, and let's just say that was all very limited. Ice pebbles from Sonic became my new best friend, but they did little to subside the aching hunger I had for pizza, nachos, and deep-fried cheese curds. As each day passed, I loved to be able to do things on my own, so it was funny during that time that I had to ask for help, which I hate doing, for others to bring me things, watch my kids so I could rest, help with dinners, and not do anything, and just wait to heal. My Ebenezer was subtle, but I learned to let a few things go, and I realized that everything goes on just fine without me. In reality, I'm not that big of a deal. And he is the one that is ultimately going to help me see that. So what is your Ebenezer? Your signpost in life where you have seen God help you How has he taught you? And have you chosen to share that with anyone? Because when we have the opportunity to share that with a friend or somebody um, close to us, a community group, that is when transformation can start in somebody else's life. We will be able to go only so far by ourselves. It's when we choose to have a relationship with him That even when we are in this world and it's confusing, it is mundane and it is challenging, we have that constant rock to look to and know that he will help us in his own way. There are some familiar hymns that uh, you may have grown up with, and at times we can sing them by heart without truly listening or connecting the actual meaning of the song. 
Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing is uh, one for me, and it was written in the 18th century by a 22-year-old, Robert Robinson. His lyrics dwell on the theme of God's divine grace that he took from that same story that we read today in 1 Samuel. You may have heard the word Ebenezer in that song as well, because Robinson follows with the phrase, Here by thy great help I have come. So who sing this song, he wants them to acknowledge God's tremendous blessings and help in their life. Let me tell you, life is far better when we do it for him. But to be perfectly honest, I'm probably going to mess it up by this afternoon again. It's a slow process of seeing those signposts for him along the way. Being aware of the blessing of God's help in our life and trying daily to live life a little bit better than we did yesterday. just want to end with what our God says in Isaiah. It's something that we can hold on to, something we believe in, something that we can trust. He says this, I am laying a firm foundation for the city of Zion. It's a valuable cornerstone, proven to be trustworthy. No one who trusts it will ever be disappointed.